Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. This is Severin. This is Greenhorns Radio. Radio for young farmers, by young farmers, talking about young farmers who are sticking their hands into the problem and turning it into good work. And today we have Miles, who is in the Hudson Valley and is managing Syringa Mountain School. Welcome, Miles. Howdy, howdy, Severin. Uh, actually, it's uh, I'm out west. I'm uh, in Idaho. Oh, golly. I had another guest, and I, I'm i sorry. Why don't we just start with you introducing yourself while I read your bio so that I'm not such a backwards person. Yeah, well, why not? Um, uh, yeah, Miles, I'm here in Idaho, um, actually working at a, a emerging Waldorf Charter School, and um, they've got a gardening program, and, uh, you know, as I slowly hone in on uh, my life's calling, uh being part of that program has been um, been pretty good, and uh, yeah, yeah, and sort of novel for our part of the world in uh, in our 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 bubble, our our little bubble of Idaho. It's nice to be in a Waldorf bubble. Almost, you know, Severin, that's how anywhere. I met I met you, uh, and 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 you just uh, you 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 struck struck out as must, as having to be a, a Waldorf kid, and you were. I am a Waldorf kid. Are you a Waldorf kid? No, 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 um, no, no. But uh, I was at uh, the Camp Hill Village in uh, upstate New York, and that. Oh, was I buying pigs from you back in the time? No, no. And I met oh. you recently at the, uh, the the biodynamic conference. Wow, wasn't that a good conference? That was in Santa Fe, and the biodynamic association is kicking butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, so anyhow, I, you know, work, work with the kids, and uh, it's inspiring, inspiring work. And uh, um, I, I, I think about all the accomplished people out there in this sort of young, emerging farm scene, and uh, there's, there's plenty of heroes that I look up to. I mean, I'm just uh, just getting my first steps, so... Well, let's talk about how you found yourself in Idaho and kind of what informs um, your practice of biodynamics. Not everybody who listens to this show necessarily knows all about biodynamics, so it might be worth a cursory descriptive phrase or two. 
Yeah, um, well, yeah, there's not much happening in Idaho, uh, you know, as far as uh, related to biodynamic farming, but um, I, I was introduced um, more or less by the label, but then, you know, really got my introduction going to Camp Hill Village. Um, and, um, you know, uh, Rudolf Steiner was a philosopher from, what, Vienna, Austria? and uh, Austria? He, he was the inspiration, one of those first pioneers of organic farming, but then went a bit beyond organic just to include kind of the, the cosmic rhythms and sort of a, almost a, a spiritual as, a reverence for, for the work and um, uh, uh, spiritual reverence for the soil as well. And, and, um, and as well as creating um, inoculants uh, and sprays, you know, compost uh, preps, and uh, sprays for the, the soil and uh, the plants. And, uh, yeah, what a pioneer. I mean, he, he had a lot of um, amazing insights, and there were a group of farmers, what was it, back in, back in 24, 1924, thereabouts? 25? Yeah. Was when he did an agricultural lecture and inspired so many people to begin this journey. Um, they had already realized that that their um, you know their rock powder amendments weren't quite cutting it, and they, they didn't have the vitality on the farms that they had. Um, you know, in even previous. a generation previous. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful story of how observation. And and dedication and engagement became a movement, and that movement has had such an impact around the world. The Camp Hill Village that you're talking about is a group, uh, or it's a it's a it's a system of farms, a whole network of farms that are helping people with learning disabilities or developmental disabilities or special ways of being to be in a residential therapy environment and farming. So basically they're farm instead of you know getting people a lot of a lot of drugs or putting them in mental place uh you know it's cooperative co-housing doing purposeful work with meaning. Many of the young farmers that we are always talking to, you could argue, you know, we're the kinds of kids who used to get dosed with Ritalin some of us. At least I am. And being with animals is, can be a really healthy alternative to drugs. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the yeah. vision that um, you're going to fulfill there in in Idaho. You know, um, Idaho is unique. It's a beautiful place to be, and um, um, I, I'm up in the sort of high dry. You know, it's a it's a high desert area. Um, but, uh, you, you know, I mean, it may not be the farmland that you would find in Washington and Oregon, but I think it has its own, um, you know, benefits of, of, of the dryness. You know, I mean, you're not, there's, there's certain diseases and, and factors that you wouldn't have to deal with. So it's got its, it's got its, uh, it's got a lot of potential. And I, I, um, you know, um, other than working with the school, I mean, one of my goals is to uh, yeah, start an orchard, and um, it's in a, a bit of a wind, windswept area, but um, 
Uh, I think there's potential. There's good soil out in Idaho for young farmers, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm sure there's there's a fair amount of it in upstate New York, but uh, Idaho's a good place, and it's got, you know, it's got the, as you head lower into the Hello? I mean, there's not a lot of things that are alike, to be honest. So I'm just kind of like arranging things so you can see them and cleaning. But it's like none of this stuff matches anything else. I mean, I'm putting all the nuts. Like I know what it is. Yeah, like those are sockets. Yeah, I'm putting all the sockets and nuts together. Great. These are like Did, electrical. Hey, I I can't hear anything. You can't. Er, Miles, are you still on the line? Do we lose him? Hello. All of a sudden, I stopped being able to hear him. All right, let me try calling him back. One sec. with the with this radio like the equipment or something because this i have to get an aspirin i just got headached maybe it's because there's like pcbs in this shit there's some stuff that's kind of seems like it's water or
Okay, everybody here? I'm um, here, yeah. I'm here. Okay, we can just that pick up. That was funny. We'll just start where we where we left off because I stopped being able to hear you. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. So right. um, let's talk a little bit about Idaho and agricultural history and context of Idaho. Um, obviously, the money and power of slavery that was created by cotton and exports uh, May came capital, and the prosperity of the nation moved west, and the prosperity of the nation was able to use dollars from the east to build huge dams in the west to make land that was formerly a desert arable and irrigable in uh, a great spasm of dam building. And Idaho is one of the big beneficiaries of that epoch of American history. Um, do you want to just, like, talk a little bit about what the landscape is? Um, yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm not on the, the Snake River, I'm not in the Snake River Plain area, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's got a rich history and, um, certainly huge infrastructure projects put, uh, put the place on the map and, um, you know, um, but it's, it's, it's a good place to grow. I mean, you know, there's the Treasure Valley, um, and which is the Boise area, and then the Magic Valley, which is Twin Falls area, and that's kind of the, you know, stretches along the Snake River Plain. And um, I couldn't. I, I wish I could give you more details about the the soil, but um, I mean, the one thing I do know is that it's it's got to be a place in transition. You know, I mean, the old guard is. Uh, you know, they're getting older. So I, I think there's a lot of opportunities and probably opportunities to gain access to land if you can, you know, if you can still deal with the, the occasional crop duster and, uh, you know, pesticides in your, your breathing space and so forth. <laughs> so how, um, that's a good tip. What, what's the evidence that you're, that you're alluding to when you're looking around? You just mean in the feed store everyone you see is 80? Um, no, just the general sense that I don't feel like, you know, I, I feel like Oregon, Washington versus Idaho, it's, it's like there hasn't been a lot of young people that have moved in to, to fill the void. I, I can't really, it's more a sense, I, I don't, I can't say that I have evidence, it's just sort of, um, I don't, I don't see a lot of, a lot of young farmers emerging compared to, you know, say Portland or Seattle or something like that, you know, or. Um, but I, but it's coming. I mean, it, you know, it's on its way. Certainly, I I, I don't have evidence. So let's but talk about how you got there, um, and and the places that you went, maybe are which were hipper to get training that give you the skills to come out there. Right, and right. Find opportunity. You want to talk about your journey? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, you know, I I went out 
Well, I'm 40, you know, and still still working on, you know, discovering the path that I'm at, you know, this this path. But um, I don't know. I started, I, I went to the islands, Kauai, and then I realized that um, because I was in this Idaho bubble, I was raised here, and, um, you know, it's it's totally isolated. And if we didn't have transportation, I would not, we would not really be eating. Um, <laughs> um, but, but we could be feeding ourselves. And, you know, so I went off, my, my journey began on the islands on Kauai and I realized, whoa, there's this world of, um, you know, young farmers doing, you know, living in Quonset huts and eating themselves collectively and trying to make food happen. And, um, and then, you know, along the way, I've, I've just, there's so many beautiful, heroic people, um, you know, and I, the Camp Hill was certainly a, a tremendous experience. And, um, you know, spending, doing an inter, internship with the Herb Farm in Williams, Oregon, and just being exposed to sort of that world of um, medicinal herbs and, and all that goes into growing those wonderful herbs for people to be healing themselves with. And, um, you know, just uh, little parts and pieces along the way, like anyone, and, um, you know, being inspired by people like uh, uh, Rich Ocheck, you know, these seed savers and these herbalists and, you know, Paul Stamets and, uh, I mean, so many heroes. So, and here I am talking about my heroes I, uh, on the radio. I, 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 um, I wish I could. I, I wish I could step into those shoes. Maybe when I'm uh, in the next lifetime, or when I'm seventy, perhaps we'll see. <laughs> or now. Well, what you're saying is that you're humbled by the people that you get to share this movement with. Truly. And, truly. Um. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So. Um, and now, lots of young farmers are stepping up to join the boards of the organizations that were founded by. Lots of of those farmers who are now gray hairs and they're farmer women and farmer men starting up these organizations. Can you imagine they were starting all these organizations before there was any internet or Gmail, you right. know, or digital simultaneous filing system? So they had to schlep over to meetings to organize all this stuff. So anytime yeah. we start to bitch and moan, we may want to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's certainly uh, a new age of uh, information. And, um, you know, yeah, I can't imagine being, you know, the, the opportunities for, for traveling around and, and experiencing farms um, for, you know, I don't know, folks that are just coming out of high school, it just seems phenomenal. And and so, you know, currently I work at a uh, this Waldorf school, and I, I've really been trying to bring that heart to these children, you know, about, uh, what's possible. And, and, uh, these children are, are like craving, you know, craving soil and craving the opportunity to eat a carrot out of the ground. And so, um, you know, so let's talk about those kids. Cause I mean, if I were being, bo- I mean, you know, my whole career is kind of like Obama spring, hope change. We can do it. Get involved. Here we go. Type of thing. And, now yeah. the politics of the situation are uh, quite grim, and um, you know we basically have a likely set of administrative decisions coming down the line not to abide by our carbon commitments in Paris, the commitment to keep about eighty percent of the known fossil reserves in the earth, in the ground, to prevent 
catastrophic climate change and all that it entails for agriculture and for coastal communities. And I just wonder how kids who are confronting that reality now, you know, it's like a really different psychological experience from... Oh, boy. From... Do you have have any reflections about what the kids are thinking? Oh, well, uh, you know, I think think they're relatively... I think a lot of children are relatively distracted, and I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the adults... It's such a heavy psychological burden. I mean, it's such a burden that I feel like, you know, so many people can't even take it on. And and there's a fair amount of education that goes around, like, learning what... You know where where are the problem areas, and you know I don't know. I, I wonder. I mean, I wonder for myself personally. It's such a, a heavy, you know, situation. I, I I just caught the tail end of your conversation with this other fellow that was, you know, farming farming in the carbon into the soil, and um, I mean that's that's so beautiful and um, and necessary, and uh, I. I think that um, I, I'm working with a slightly younger group, and I'm going to be moving potentially to an older group where, you know, these, uh, you know, like teens, where I feel like they're ready to have that that opinion or they want to get upset about something and maybe hopefully do something about it as well along the way. But, um, I don't know. You know, it's yeah, I a lot of the kids I work with. Young, you can't lay it on the kindergartners right away. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can't lay it on too thick. You know, it's sort of a subtle thing because – uh, yeah, they they need to experience their third grade, uh, or where they they're eaten until they you know get to what that nine year change, and then all of a sudden they realize there's some woe in the world. And uh, but I, yeah, I don't think you can lay it on too thick right off the bat because uh, unless it's sort of uh, what you can do positively. And uh, so that's you know that's what we're up to in the garden is just empowering them to to see that these simple seeds can truly transform, you know, themselves. What a wonder. Well, yeah, it's almost like you have to give them the confidence that life, the power of life is so profound before you lay on them what uh, conundrum civilization has gotten itself into. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's like a one-two pedagogy. Like, first you can notice how awesome things are, then we're going to let you know how devastating they are yeah yeah well and i mean you know such interesting times to live you know where you have hopeful beyond measure you know heroic figures and then um at the same time these these archetypical villains and titans (laughs) doing what they're doing i just want to remind everybody that it's time to buy your almanac we had a lot of really great authors, really amazing historical snippets, thanks to the historian of the National Farmers Union in Kansas. We love him, Tom Giesel. And uh, all of y'all who contributed, please consider contributing to the next one. And while you're at it, get one for a friend or for your CSA or spread the word to your favorite cafe or farm coffee shop. And um, consider having babies and sending them to Waldorf school. Okay. Thank you so much, Miles. I'm sorry for our weird problems, but it's all part of the gig. Well, it's been a pleasure. We'll have to go visit Phila Green Farm one of these days. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it in two weeks. Okay, bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks.
Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.